Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Carrington Harrison. Very excited to be here. I am reporting to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, at Radio Row at Mandalay Bay. And do we have a show planned for you? Unfortunately... Cam Newton will not be on the show today. I asked you guys for one thing. We try to give you guys pizzas all the time. I like to think that I'm the pizza piper, just giving them out to anybody that asks. HUD told me that this is about people. I asked for one thing, Rob Brenton, one thing. I asked for Cam Newton. You couldn't come through with Cam? He didn't like they called him scam. You blew this for me. You blew this for me. I did get a chance to see Matt Liner, right? I think he knew I was coming up to him to say, hey, I love those USC teams. And then he Reggie Bush just beeline and went the opposite direction. And that was, that was basically my radio row experience. But we have a very fun show planned for you guys over the course of the next four hours. Appreciate you listening and making us your home as we help get you ready for Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. Before we get to any of those Super Bowl things, Rob, take it away. The final Red Friday of the year, Carrington, and it's pizza time. 913-586-7610. Caller number six wins a pizza from our friends over at Pizzatasio. Pizzatasio is Kansas City's best New York-style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce with locally grown fresh ingredients, all made by KC guys who both know and love pizza. So whether you're in the mood for, I don't know, just some slices, or if you have a Super Bowl party coming up and you need a whole pizza, be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors, some very simple favors. Number one, I need you listening to The Drive each day at 610 Sports Radio at 2 o'clock. I also need you to tell one friend. I don't need you to tell two friends that if you want some of the best pizza in Kansas City and you also want to get ready for the big game, then keep it locked in right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is the feeling that I have been fighting the last two weeks. I like to subscribe to the feeling that Vegas knows something that we don't know. If you look up and down the Las Vegas Strip, you see Mandalay Bay and you see Paris and Planet Hollywood and the Bellagio. I mean, they have built these massive casinos off the entire premise that they know more about these things than we know. What am I missing about this game? Because as someone who has watched football every single week, like I imagine you guys have watched football every single week, and I feel like I know the Chiefs as well as anybody, as you probably feel the exact same way. What am I missing about this game, and what is the disconnect between how I feel, how many of you feel, how the public feels, how the media feels, and what Vegas is telling us about this game? So as I was getting ready for the show today on ESPN, they did a poll where they interviewed 64 of their, quote, experts. 
And out of these 64 people, 49 of them pick Kansas City, 15 of them pick San Francisco. The overwhelming prevailing wisdom is that the Chiefs are going to win Super Bowl 58. And when I look at the raw numbers and information, just if we are doing a simple tale of the tape, hey, tell me why you like Kansas City in this game. The quarterback advantage. This is one of the greatest disparities at the quarterback position that we have seen in recent memory in the Super Bowl. On one side, you have someone who I believe at the end of his career will be widely considered to be, if not the best quarterback that we have ever seen, one of the two best quarterbacks that we have ever seen in the over 100-year history of the National Football League. So that's number one. If you were like me and you believe that this is a quarterback league, and that quarterback is superior, and that it is the best advantage that you can have in a game. One team has a noticeable advantage at quarterback. How is that not factored into the feelings that Vegas has about this game? You're telling me heading into a single elimination game with the Super Bowl on the line, you're telling me Brock Purdy, who has never played in a Super Bowl, is favored over Patrick Mahomes, who has been Super Bowl MVP twice? A guy who has played in six AFC championship games? A guy who has won two MVPs? It doesn't make sense. It does not compute to me. I have been trying to figure this out for two weeks. What do they know? What are they seeing that we don't see? Or is Vegas just terribly wrong on this thing and all of us are right? I'm picking the Chiefs. You're picking the Chiefs. Your mom is picking the Chiefs. Your grandma is picking the Chiefs. Anybody that watches football, for the most part, is picking Kansas City to win this game, yet the line has never moved. It's been one, one and a half, two. Kansas City at no point has been the betting favorite. The money is coming in overwhelming for Kansas City. If you go according to MGM, pretty big casino, 85% of the money line bets are on Kansas City. The money is telling you, follow the money, it's telling you that it is on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not also the only advantage that they have in this game. The Chiefs have a substantial coaching advantage. And I say that as someone who likes Kyle Shanahan, who I think has proven to be a top five coach in the league. He has taken two separate quarterbacks to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan won MVP with Kyle Shanahan as his head coach. But heading into a single elimination game and with two weeks to prepare, is anybody taking Kyle Shanahan over Andy Reid? You'd be a fool to do that. Vegas is telling you to take Kyle Shanahan. What do they know that we don't know about this game? So the quarterback advantage is undecidably in Kansas City's favor. The coaching advantage is clearly in Kansas City's favor. And for two defenses that were on paper very close, I mean, San Francisco allowed four more points than Kansas City did this year. The numbers would suggest, oh, these two defenses are comparable. Well, not if you've been watching recently. Sure, maybe these two teams, their defense was comparable in October. Yeah, if this game was played in October, it would make sense to me on a neutral site why San Francisco would be a two-point favor. That wasn't the real version of the Kansas City Chiefs. And once it got cold, once it got to January, once it got to championship time, we have seen the Chiefs unleash the same championship team that we have seen over the course of the last four or five seasons. But back to the defense, 
the numbers would suggest that these two defenses are comparable. And you look at all the names on the other side, and you've got Nick Bosa, who won Defensive Player of the Year last year. And you've got Fred Warner, who might be a Hall of Fame linebacker. Dre Greenlaw, who's a very good player. they got a lot of names on that defense. But it is obvious heading into this game whose defense is playing at a much higher level, whose defense that you can trust. And it's not that the defenses are going against each other the same way that Brock Purdy is not going up against Patrick Mahomes. I have far more confidence in Patrick Mahomes going up against San Francisco's defense than I have for Brock Purdy going up against Kansas City's defense. Again, on ESPN, they pulled 64 people. 49 of them picked Kansas City to win this game. 15 people picked San Francisco. I've been walking around Radio Row since 8.30, 9 o'clock Vegas time. Nobody is picking San Francisco here. You don't even see people wearing San Francisco stuff. Nothing. What am I missing? Because this seems obvious to me. This seems as obvious as a prediction for the Super Bowl that I can remember. As clear cut and as straightforward of a pick. You don't have to overthink this one. I think a lot of times when it comes to picking games, we try to really overthink it. Well, what about the turnover? No. Kansas City is playing better football. Kansas City has the better coach. They have the better quarterback. They have the better defense. They have more experience. They have played better in the postseason. This is a scenario of, sure, maybe one team is the, quote, more talented team but you're going to give me the hot team that has the better quarterback and the better defense in a neutral site in a single elimination pick em. I just don't know how you can be on San Francisco's side in this matchup. And maybe this is just overconfidence for me. Maybe this is just I'm being a homer. Maybe it's I live in Kansas City. I don't know. But I've watched a lot of San Francisco this year. I certainly have watched plenty of Kansas City. And I just do not understand how coming into Super Bowl 58 with all of the advantages on the other side, how you can stand with Brock Purdy in this matchup or tell me that you believe that Christian McCaffrey is going to have 140 yards and three touchdowns and going to be unguardable or that you don't think that Kansas City can defend Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, or George Kittle. I've seen them do this the entire season. There's one final test left for this Kansas City defense, and this Kansas City defense has got an A-plus over the course of the season. Every single test, every pop quiz, they have passed it every single time. I think that Brock Purdy is going to be the one that figures it out, and he's the one that passes the test. I just can't get myself to do it. I've told you guys all week, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I've got it as 23-17. I'm taking the under in this game. We know that Kansas City at some point will have a lull offensively, but I just trust their defense to win this game. The things that I trust, if you were asking me heading into this, what do you feel, what do you know, what do you trust? I trust Patrick Mahomes to not make negative plays. I trust Patrick Mahomes to protect the football. I trust this defense to be able to get stops. I trust this defense to be able to get off of the field. And if you can do all of those things, then I think that means that we are going to be having a parade in Kansas City, Missouri next Wednesday. Coming up on the other side, I was talking to boss man Steven Spector about it, and he said something very interesting about Andy Reid. Now, he and I strongly disagree in relation to what he had to say about Andy Reid, but I do think it was interesting. We'll talk about it coming up on the other side. You're listening to The Drive live from Mandalay Bay in Radio Row. 
Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Welcome back into the show. My name is Carrington Harrison. Happy to be coming to you live from Mandalay Bay and Radio Row. We have a busy show planned coming up in a bit. Mark Schlereth is going to sit down. We're going to break down this game. Pro Football Focus is going to be here. The play-by-play voice for the San Francisco 49ers. Nate Taylor is going to stop by. We ain't talking to celebrities today. It is the Friday before the Super Bowl. We are getting you ready for the final football game of the season between your Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Rob, I do want to talk to you about the conversation that we had with Steven Spector, but I want to get your take on this as well. What am I missing in this game? Because a couple of people have texted in, Hey, CDOT, you're not pointing out that Vegas wants people to bet an equal amount on both sides, that the line is not indicative of how they think the game is going to play out, but it's about getting equal money. But they've never gotten equal money on this game. From the moment that Kansas City was an underdog, people have been jumping all over the Kansas City Chiefs. Currently, according to MGM, one of the biggest gambling companies in the country, 85% of the bets that are coming in are picking Kansas City. Like, Vegas is firmly, it is not good for Las Vegas if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. They are on the other side. What am I missing? Because when this line came out, it should be Chiefs as a three-point favorite. Chiefs as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It opened in San Francisco. And how at this point in the season, as we are in the middle of February, how are we putting more stock into the games that happened in October and November than the games that happened in January and February? That just, that doesn't make sense to me. We have seen these two teams play in the postseason, and Kansas City has been noticeably better in the postseason than San Francisco. 
So I'm not saying that this is a game that week seven, hey, we wouldn't be having this conversation. San Francisco would would have earned, I think, being the favorite if this was a regular season contest, but it's not. And you're going up against one of the already, I mean, even if he just decided, hey, I'm not going to play in Super Bowl 58, we are talking about one of the five greatest postseason quarterbacks of all time, and he is an underdog heading into the Super Bowl. Rob, what are you and I missing on this as two people who are who, who have jumped all over Kansas City to win? I have no idea. So this morning, getting ready for the show, I was watching the Rich Eisen show, and they had SVP on. And SVP was saying everything you're saying. SVP said, I think the Chiefs are the better team. They have the better quarterback. They have the better coach. But in Las Vegas, go to any sports book on the strip, which you can do this weekend, and pull people in line, and they'll all say the same thing. I'm taking Mahomes. I'm taking the points. And I'm taking Andy Reid. Every single one of them. 80% of the money's that way. But then he said, you know, the lights aren't bright in Vegas. The chandeliers aren't big because Vegas takes losses. Then boss man Steven Spector told me most of the $10,000 plus bets, which is usually where their sharp money is, is coming in on the Niners. So on the field, I don't get how the Niners are better than the Chiefs. It makes no sense to me. In the coaching department, it makes no sense to me. The only thing that gives me pause is the people that win in the gambling world at a high level. The book and the sharps are telling you, San Francisco is the play. So what do the Sharps and Vegas know that I don't know? Because I'm with you. I don't see the Niners win this game at all. And frankly, I don't see any path where it's there to win unless it's Patrick Mahomes falls back into his old turnover habits, which I don't see happening. So I had the same pause you did. What is, what is everyone seeing that we aren't? So I want to bring to you guys the conversation that Rob and I had with Steven Spector yesterday that I was saving for this moment. So we were talking about the game, and Spector looked at me and said, I'm worried that Andy Reid is going to do an Andy Reid thing in the Super Bowl, whether it is a toss to McCall Hardman, whether it's an end around, a questionable call, a questionable decision. I'm worried about Andy Reid being Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. That's not a worry of mine, not even a bit. Even the criticism that we have heard about Andy Reid for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years or so, even that criticism, hey, Andy neglects to run, Andy gets away from running the football. Well, you can't have that opinion and watch this version of the Kansas City Chiefs. This team has been as balanced as I think you can expect them to be. If Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, they win it off the strength of they have three high-level offensive players with Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey, and that you get a good day from at least two out of those three players. If you get a good day from all three of those players the same way that they did against Miami, then you blow out the San Francisco 49ers. But you really just need to get a good day from two of them. I don't go into this game with any worry, any fear, none of that related to Andy Reid. I think the Chiefs have found themselves, and they have discovered their formula. How does the Kansas City Chiefs in 2023-2024 season, how do they win? What is the best version of themselves? And I think we've seen it over the postseason. I think the Chiefs tried to fight it for most of the season, and the Chiefs were fixated on wide receiver depth and trying to build guys' confidence. I don't that is not a concern of mine heading into it. 
we'll get the inactives and who's healthy and who doesn't play. I don't expect Kadarius Toney to be a factor in this game. I don't expect Sky Moore to be a factor in this game. I think the Chiefs, they're going to go out how they got here. I don't see them really losing themselves in this game. This team is going to win or lose off the strength of Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and this defense. I've been preaching this formula the whole postseason, and it's worked so far. If they do it one more time, they will be the first team to go back-to-back since the mid-2000s. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everything else. Play good defense, limit turnovers and mistakes, control the line of scrimmage. They have done that in three straight games. If they do that one more time, Rob, they are going to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to straddle the fence on what Speck said about Andy Reid getting cute. And I know that's lame radio, but I'm going to do it because I think the Chiefs can overcome when Andy Reid gets cute. But I agree with Speck. There is going to be a moment in the Super Bowl on Sunday where after a play, you're going to log into your X account and everyone on Twitter is going to be saying, Andy, stop it. Why'd you get so cute? Why'd you do that? Well, come on, Andy. It has happened in almost every game of consequence this season. We have seen social media flooded with Andy got too cute back there. What's he doing? I think that moment from Andy is coming because that moment has come at almost every point this season and in the Super Bowl. And Nate Taylor has been saying this. With the Chiefs, Andy Reid has been trying trick plays. Historically, they haven't been something that burned the Chiefs. You know, in the first Super Bowl, they ran Rose Bowl right, or they all did the, you know, the flip to the right, and it worked. In the Super Bowl against the Eagles, they tried to throw it to Nick Allegretti. Mahomes didn't have it open, threw out the back of the end zone. So Andy likes to get cute in these moments. I agree with Speck. I just don't know it's going to be a problem. I don't know it's going to hinder the Chiefs from winning the game. The same way I felt like Andy Reid got cute in the Bills game when he ran those goofy end arounds to McCole Hardman, like, what are we doing? We don't need McCole Hardman touches. No one has ever asked for that, not even Mr. and Mrs. Hardman. No one wants that. The Chiefs still had enough talent and enough ability, and Patrick Mahomes was so good, they overcame the cutesiness. But I don't know. I disagree with Spec, man. I think a cutesy, what are we doing type of play is definitely coming on Sunday. I just don't know it's going to be enough to be a problem long term. I don't know it's going to be a talking point in a Super Bowl loss. But this is where I'll push back a little bit. And I would say, I guess, maybe to preface it a little bit, I don't disagree with you about this game and about Andy Reid. But aren't we really debating the difference on whether the play works or not? I mean, Corn Dog is a cutesy play. All of those plays that we have patted Andy Reid on the back for, hey, how did you find this play from the 1945 Rose Bowl and it worked and them doing ring around the rosy, all of those kind of plays that we applaud the Chiefs for, those are cutesy plays and some of them are in folklore. Some of them people listening right now have T-shirts about those plays. Are we, are, are, are we simply just debating whether or not over the course of the game the play will work or not? Because I don't disagree with you. This offense, you've given Andy Reid way too much time. You have given Andy Reid two weeks to sit back, and you know he has put some 1971 AFL game on and was like, huh. And then he went down in his lab and started writing stuff up, and he got a telestrator out like John Madden. I don't deny that. They probably will run one of those plays. Isn't the difference on whether you think that play is going to work or not in this game, though, Rob? Yes, but couldn't I say that 
I think there's more than just trick plays that are cutesy plays. Like I would say, and this was on on the text line, the final play of the Ravens game, the one that iced it down, he on third and seven drew up a play to get MVS the ball. MVS is designed to be one-on-one. He thought no one's going to trust MVS, a player that me and you have been calling Mr. Applebee's. It worked. They got to put hats on. They got to hoist the Lamar Hunt trophy, all that. It wasn't a trick play. But in the biggest moment, Andy Reid was targeting MVS. Isn't that by design getting too cute? Because there are times on fourth and third and one this season that's not just trick plays. Andy tries, hey, we're going to roll out and throw it to Blake Bell here. Why is Blake Bell getting involved? It's just, it seems like there's always a moment in the game where Andy Reid gets away from the formula. It's just that in the postseason, it has largely worked. Because I would say throwing to MVS, while not a trick play, falls in the cutesy category because on third and seven with the clock in your favor, why are you targeting your least reliable wide receiver? Yeah, I, I, you and I just disagree on that point, and that's perfectly fine. I think that was a little bit of a Mahomes call. I mean, we've seen that audio where he comes over and he says, give me the ball, give me the ball. And I think Mahomes was just thinking kill shot. I think he was thinking Game of Thrones, and I'm going to end this, and you do something that they're not expecting. I mean, I think that both of these offensive minds, whether it's Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan, I think both of them have a tendency in here to do something. San Francisco is going to run some kind of end around. I mean, you have maybe the ultimate gadget player in the National Football League with Debo Samuel. You don't think that Kyle Shanahan in this game is going to get cutesy or you got Christian McCaffrey, who we've seen have thrown a pass before. I just think that is just a that is a characteristic of people who have the utmost confidence in their ability to call plays. And cutesy, one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history where a team had a decided quarterback disadvantage. It was a cutesy play. They threw a pass play to Nick Foles, and it worked, and they built a statue by it. I just think that sometimes that is just a product of, hey, we got 65, 70 plays over the course of the game. We're going to try to hit you with something that you're not expecting. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Coming up on the other side, we need to have an investigation. Now, you guys know that I love my law and order. Well, we had a situation that happened earlier today in the team hotel for the San Francisco 49ers that we need to investigate, and we'll do that next. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. 
You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. If you've been listening to this show for some time, you know that I love Law & Order. Oh, there's something about Olivia Benson, Elliot Stabler, Finn Tutuola, when they got a perp in the in the interrogate and just oh my goodness I love it it's my favorite show and every once in a while I try to bring law and order to you guys because maybe you don't watch law and order but maybe you watch true detective maybe you watch NCIS I'm not saying you got to watch the same cop show that I watch all of us deep down have a little investigative journalism in it all of us deep down wants to be an investigator we have to get to the bottom of this because all we have heard this week leading into the Super Bowl has been San Francisco 49er complaints. You guys remember when the week first started? Oh, the field's too soft. Hey, hey, Chiefs, I want to know if you guys can switch with us. We don't like this field. It's not comfortable. And then Andy Reid said, no, deal with it. The NFL went out there. They checked it. They inspected it. And it was up to code. And I was like, well, okay, I guess we, I mean, I guess we'll practice on it. I mean, we don't have a choice. I mean, it's not fair. It's just not, it's not how we like it. You know, they got to the hotel room. It wasn't perfect at 68 degrees. So you start complaining, asking for another room. That's what San Francisco did. So that's at the beginning of the week. Well, now let's fast forward to the end of the week. Now, I want to read to you guys. This story comes from ESPN.com. It's a credible website, right? So last night, a fire alarm went off in the San Francisco 49ers team hotel. Now, you might be wondering, hey, this must have happened at the middle of the night. When did this happen? 1, 2 a.m.? I mean, this had to be an alarm that was going off for 5, 10, 12 hours possibly. Rob, I'm telling you that this alarm, according to George Kittle, George Kittle said this, this alarm, this fire alarm that was pulled went off seven minutes before his normal alarm. It went over, it went over seven minutes before the actual alarm was supposed to go off. So... A seven-minute inconvenience, a seven-minute inconvenience happened for the San Francisco 49ers. And, oh, let me tell you, Christian McCaffrey was hot about it. Let me read to you some quotes from Christian McCaffrey. Number one, now let me read this quote from his mom. Now, I'm not trying to bring his mom into it, but they asked his mom for comment. Now, I don't know why they would need to ask your mom a comment if you wake up seven minutes early for a fire alarm that went off for exactly 10 minutes. I don't know why you would need your mom to comment, but Christian McCaffrey's mom said that this was 100% an inside job. Somebody snuck out of the team hotel for the Chiefs, possibly, maybe, we don't know, and they went and they tried to inconvenience the San Francisco 49ers by pulling the fire alarm at 6 o'clock in the morning. I mean, they, they were about to get up anyway, and they had to inconvenience. Christian McCaffrey said, you know what, it's not that big of a deal, but they just keep throwing logs on the fire. Rob, hit me with a little music here. Who do we think did this? 
Who do we think is the culprit of the false fire alarm that is, according to Christian McCaffrey's mom, an inside job? Christian McCaffrey said that this had a nefarious motive, he said. You start throwing big words out there like that, nefarious motive, and saying it's not random. Oh, you were mad. Quote, they just threw more wood onto the fire. And he believes that the culprit responsible for the law is a Kansas City Chiefs supporter. Who could it possibly be? You know who I think it is. I think it's that one Chiefs fan that looks like Matthew Perry. You know the one I'm talking about? That guy, he has the same jacket on every single time. Rest in peace to Matthew Perry. You know the fan that I'm talking about. They show him all the time. He's always in the end zone. Backwards advisor guy? Yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I think he pulled the fire alarm. I think he I think he is in Las Vegas. I think he's wearing that same jacket. He's probably getting a lot of selfie requests, a lot of picture requests. And I think he went to the 49ers team hotel. I mean, how can you overcome this if you're San Francisco? I mean, there's just so many odds you have to overcome for Super Bowl week. Number one, the field wasn't to your exact perfect liking. And then number two, you have to wake up seven minutes early for a 10-minute fire alarm? Call the cops, Rob. Call the cops. So... Putting aside who did this for a minute, this is some college-level BS. Aren't these hotels supposed to be, like, super locked down, like, airtight, like, security's not letting media or any just random schmoes in? Like, this isn't like if Mizzou played KU and Lawrence, and we know, hey, they're at the Orient, or if the inverse happened, and we know where they're staying, and some college kid was at the bar and pulled the alarm. This is supposed to be airtight you gotta have three levels off in occasion to get into these hotels because we've heard stories about people last year who tried to sneak into the hotel after the Super Bowl to celebrate with the team and they got denied at one of the five entry points how did some random schmo get into the Niners hotel and pull the alarm I have my doubts about the claim from Christian McCaffrey's mom that this was a nefarious inside job because they would take so much efforting and the result is seven less minutes of sleep. I have my doubts about the nefarious business. What if this was happening? Now, let me, I'm going to really take you down a conspiracy theory here. What if somebody on San Francisco, what if they pulled the alarm and now they're spreading false propaganda that a member of the Chiefs did it so they can just put a chip on their shoulder. I mean, they've been looking for an edge. Both of these teams are trying to figure out who the villain is. They've been trying to figure this out the whole time. What if that's the case? What if that's the situation? What if that's happening? So you're just telling me some random person can walk into the San Francisco 49ers hotel and pull the alarm? Just a random person. Rob, you could just walk in there. Hey, Christian McCaffrey, how you doing? Good morning. Let's have continental breakfast. And you could just pull the fire alarm? I'm not believing it. This is unbelievable as that story Michael Jordan told about that pizza somebody spit on it. Yeah, I I have my serious doubt. Also, seven minutes. Like, if this was nefarious, if this was a chiefsaholic type, a criminal who broke into their hotel and pulled the fire alarm, the end game was they woke up five minutes ahead of schedule. Those five minutes are not the difference between wins and losses on Sunday. I'm sorry, Niners fans, just not. So 
I don't know why Christian McCaffrey's mom was asked for comment, but I have questions about her story because the end game is too little. Now, if this was pulled at like, hey, it was 2.30 in the morning, okay, I would maybe hear a conversation about it. But no, this, this doesn't feel nefarious to me in the least. All right, let's get back to the game in very serious matters. And I hope that the culprit, I hope that he's apprehended. I hope that there's somebody walking around right now. We got to get a black light. We got to get that same black light that they had on Room Raiders. And we got to put it on people's hands. We got to look at various media members and we got to start putting black light over your hands. And we got to start and we got to try to figure out. We got to figure out if. If you did it, who's the culprit? We have to figure this out. We have to figure out who inconvenienced San Francisco on Super Bowl week and didn't allow Nick Bosa to get his full eight and a half hours of Z's. I'm sorry that he had to get up early for Super Bowl 58. All right, Rob, here's my question. Because you and I, you know, us media folks like to throw out who's going to be the X factor in this game. I think we're in the same place that we've been in for the last couple of weeks. I don't think there's that many people, at least on the offensive side for the Chiefs, that can be an X factor. I don't think there's that many people that could possibly swing the balance for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's a small amount of people. I think it's MVS. I think it's Justin Watson and maybe Noah Gray. But that's about it. I mean, what would need to happen in this game where we think back and we're looking at it and we think, man, you know what? Hey, Clyde Everett-Hilaire, he was a real difference maker in this game. And that's actually no shade towards Clyde Everett-Hilaire, who I think has actually had a good postseason and has made some plays for this team. But this team is going out in the Super Bowl that they're going to rely on their three and they're going to allow one or two other players to have an opportunity to make a big play. I don't think that they're giving four, five, six guys a chance, at least offensively. Now, defensively, we can throw out some names and some players that you think could possibly be an X factor in this game. I'm willing to listen to it. But on offense, give me a better option than MVS. MVS is by far and away the best option. I have a name for you. McCole Hardman. If you'll remember, Bink loves to tell, tell me these stats. Last time the Chiefs played the Niners, the Chiefs put up 44 points. It was last year in Santa Clara. They scored multiple touchdowns on those little jet sweep into round plays where they got Nick Bosa caught coming too far upfield and they burned him. I believe they just burned him on two touchdowns that day. Is it possible that Andy Reid looks at the film and says, hey, we know 97 gets upfield too fast, too aggressively, and our fastest, most dynamic playmaker on the outside McColl Hardman can take advantage in the same way and there could be a third and one on the goal line or a second and four where they run that little pop pass and take advantage of it again and the only player that has the speed to take advantage of it a wide receiver is McColl Hardman is there a scenario where you could see McColl being the x-factor for Super Bowl Sunday yeah maybe possibly I just think we got to give Andy a little credit now, I think we all understand that it's not just going to be three offensive players that touch the ball and more players are going to do it. But I actually think Andy has done a really good job for the most part in limiting those other players. I really think he's done a good job of that over the course of the postseason. I feel like we're trying to put some, some 
we're trying to put some negative juju on Andy Reid heading into this game. I don't think he's earned. I think he's. I think he deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here in this game. And this team, if they're going to win, they're likely going to need one of those other guys offensively to make a play. If you look back to the Buffalo game, you got two catches over 30 yards from MVS. Maybe the biggest play of the game in the AFC Championship game was MVS. You're going to need one other offensive player to give you something in this game. I don't hate, I don't dislike MVS being one of those players. Rob, is there anybody on defense that you think could possibly be an X factor in this game? You know me. I will continue to give the same answer every week. Mike Edwards. I'm giving Mike Edwards as a name. I think Brock Purdy is going to throw an interception in this game. I bet that Brock Purdy is going to throw an interception in this game. Who could he throw that interception to? We know that Nick Bolton likes to make plays in the postseason. I also like Mike Edwards. I'll continue to have him be my X Factor. I'm going to take Mike Dana because we know they don't have Charles Aminahu in this game. And we know the Chiefs love exotic blitz packages and things of that nature. And they are going to try to put pressure on Bush Lightboy, Brock Purdy. But without Aminahu, someone's going to have to fill in and make a, hey, you got a one-on-one because of a great blitz package, go make a play type of thing. Charles Aminahu's been great at it this year. Early in the season when Aminahu was suspended, Mike Dana was making those plays. Mike Dana was a guy that we had talked about. Hey, do you re-sign Mike Dana because he was thriving in that role early in the season? So I'm going to take Mike Dana to rise up and be the X-Factor in the absence of Charles Aminahu. Yeah, I don't dislike that one. I think this offensive, I think this defensive line is going to have to make plays in this game, and I think they're going to have to get pressure, and I think they're going to have to consistently win at the point of attack. It's funny because I think if you're just looking at it solely off off the paper, I think you can kind of point at the fact that, hey, San Francisco probably has the more name-brand defensive line, but I think you've seen time and time again, at least when it comes to Kansas City, that their defensive line is uh, I think has a chance. I think we're waiting on Mark Schlereth to actually sit down here with us and start to break down this game. Mark Schlereth, certainly a man that knows about playing in and winning Super Bowls, joining us on the show today. Mark, we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Great to be with you guys. Absolutely. Let's just, I guess, maybe the, the, the biggest question I think in this game, at least the biggest question that I have is, so earlier today on ESPN, they, they asked 64 of their experts. 49 of them picked Kansas City to win this sure. game. I think Kansas City has the better quarterback. I think Kansas City has the better coach. I think Kansas City has the better defense. What game script do you think San Francisco would need to win this game? And it sounds crazy to say pull off the upset for a team that's the favorite, but right. just getting the getting the feel of being here at Radio Row, it feels like it will be an upset if San Francisco wins. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's. I think that's. You know, pretty much how most people feel, and it, I, I think it's not so much about the team. I think if you you know, if you polled people even two weeks ago before the playoffs started, the best team in football, they would say, is, is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, but they haven't played that well the last two weeks, uh, and they still found a way to come off with, with, you know, with wins. I think the biggest thing for me about the 49ers is you've got to stay true to your identity. And one of the things that's happened to them is they've gotten behind early. And everybody looks at the offense and say, what's wrong with the offense? Well, their defense has gotten their ass kicked. They have not been good on the defensive side of the ball. And their defensive line was has always been a, a big strength in their rotation of that defensive line. They've not been good. And so they have not been able to get off the field. 
And what has happened to San Francisco is they've gotten behind early and behind quickly. And it's gotten to the point where even in Green Bay, they uh, they had one possession in the first quarter. So all of a sudden you get one possession and you start going, oh, shoot, a normal game is 12 possessions. Now we're down to, what, nine, eight possessions? So now you get out of what you do well. And what they do well is they run the heck out of the football. And everything they run has a corresponding play-action pass that is so good. And that's what their strength is. And they've gotten out of that, and they've been forced into more of a drop-back game. And they're not going to win. Now, they've been able to win against a couple of of opponents that I think are inferior. But they're not going to win as a drop-back football team. That's not what they do. It's not what they do well. I will tell you, they're not – you know, they're not the greatest route runners. What they do is they run the ball and they create opportunities where they fake a block and all of a sudden, you know, a guy's running a six-yard in-cutting in route and there's nobody within eight yards of him and he catches it. And now, whether it's Debo or Ayuk or, you know, or Kittle, those dudes become tailbacks, right? They, and when they get the ball in space, they're unbelievable at yards after catch. So my big thing is... You got to run the ball. You got to stay true to your identity. You got to set up your play action stuff off of that and stay out of your drop back game because it's not what you do well. Right now, we're joined uh, live from Radio Row for Mark Schlereth. He's a three time Super Bowl champion. He also is on the Denver Broncos' 50th anniversary team. There probably aren't many players in the league that you can say, hey, I remember when you were born. Uh, but but Christian McCaffrey is yeah. that player. Yeah. What is it like to, I'm sure you remember exactly when he was born, to now see him turn into one of the best players in the league? It's it's so cool. You know, I've been I mean, I've been teammates with his father was since 1995. We got together as teammates and uh, in Washington, we played together in or excuse me, in Denver, played together in Denver for six years. Um, you know, I've, I've watched the kid grow up and, um, you know, I've known Kyle Shanahan since he was 12, 13. You know, Kyle Shanahan was always over the Broncos facility running routes with the receivers in high school and in college, you know, trying to hone his craft, learn from Eddie McCaffrey, learn from uh, Rod Smith. And then, you know, ultimately, uh, as you mentioned, Christian was a little kid running around over there and doing his thing. So it is it is so cool. I mean, he is, you know, he is his father's son when it comes to preparation and just being neurotic about the way he prepares, the way he gets himself ready to play, uh, his attention to detail and all those things, just like his dad. I remember Bill Moss, and I'm sure you know Bill Moss very well. I remember whenever the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, and I asked him, hey, who does Mahomes remind you of? He said John Elway. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that comparison? You certainly played with John Elway. What do you make of that comparison for Patrick Mahomes? Oh, I think it's a a good comparison. I mean, I don't think there's any any question. You know, I think what probably Patrick doesn't get as, as much credit as he deserves for is his ability to be just an absolute killer from the pocket. He, I mean, he is so good. You know, he makes so many sublime plays outside the pocket, scrambling around and, you know, throwing it left-handed or throwing the no-look stuff that he does. Uh, They're so good that it takes away from how damn good he is in the pocket. And his ability to manipulate coverage, his ability to to really just eviscerate teams from the pocket is, is exceptional. And... But I think it's an apt comparison, their ability to scramble around and make plays. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just, he's hes special. hes As much as I'd like to hate him um, because of my Denver ties, I, I just can't. He's that good. He's so much fun to watch. 
Right now we're joined by Mark Schlereth for a couple more minutes here, getting his thoughts on Super Bowl 58. A lot has been made about Brock Purdy, calling him a game manager. Mm -hmm. Going up against this Kansas City defense, do you think that Brock Purdy can play well enough to win this game? Oh, absolutely. But, again, you've got you've to be who you are. Like, do I think that they can get involved in a, a drop-back game like they have the last couple of weeks for, for 60 minutes and win? Nope, I don't. But if you run the ball, and Kansas City is not the best at defending the run, if you run the ball effectively, up your play action off of that, and you possess the ball. And, and this is one of the things, you know, I'm always big on is a couple of things that never change in the NFL. If you control the line of scrimmage, you win. That, that's how the NFL works. And you can go through any week in the NFL. I mean, I'm telling you, any week in the NFL, show me the team that had the most attempts, okay, that mo- most rushing attempts. I'll show you the team that won 85% of the games. And that, that doesn't change. You attempt, you get rushing te- attempts, you set up your play action off of that, you possess the ball. The big thing to me is possess the ball and eliminate three possessions for Kansas City. Get them down from a 12-possession game to a 9-possession game or an 8-possession game, and that will give you the chance to win the game. You don't do that. If you give them all 12 possessions, you're going to get beat. I got Kansas City winning this game 23-17. to I think Kansas City has the better coach. I think Kansas City has the better quarterback. I think Kansas City has the better defense. And, it, and in a one-game scenario, I just want to be on Patrick Mahomes' side as yeah, opposed I get to being you. on Brock Purdy's side. I get you. Who do you have on Super Bowl Sunday? I got the Niners 27-24, and uh, – I would not put a penny on that bet <laughs> because Patrick Mahomes, as much as uh, I'd love to hate the guy, um, I'm fascinated with greatness, and they are—they have built themselves a dynasty, and they're unbelievable. But I got so many times in San Francisco, and I, 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 I understand the path that it's going to take to win. That is Mark Solera joining us on the show today, one of the better analysts in pro football. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion joining us on the show today. You're here promoting. What are you here promoting yeah, today? I'm, I'm the Stunt app, and it's a new social media platform. It's absolutely awesome in regards to just about sports. And one of the things about social media that's just gotten just so polluted politically and everything else that, you know, it, it's just one of those places where you can come, you can create content, you can monetize your content. You know, a lot of times you get to people say, oh, I, that guy's not good. I could do what he does. Well, I always say, come get a taste. You know, set up an audio room or set up a, a video room on the Stunt app. If you can monetize it, you can create it. You can, you know, you can do all those things on the Stunt app. It's a great place to just go interact, talk some smack, talk sports. Um, like I said, create content. It's right there. I do a show every Monday night with Trey Wingo, 6 p.m. Eastern. Check that out. Also, you can uh, you can play trivia. They do a trivia contest every Tuesday and Thursday nights. Chance to win 500 bucks every Tuesday and Thursday night. That is Mark Solaris joining us on the show, helping you get ready for Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. Great talking to you, My Mark. My pleasure. Thanks for coming Take over care. today. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio.